Go for it. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I am your host, Justin Reshetsky. I am very pleased to have Daniel Gonzalez. Welcome to the Exploring Art Podcast. Uh, hi, I'm Daniel Gonzalez. I'm uh, a student at FIU. I major in computer sciences, and thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you here, Daniel. So today we're going to be discussing film theory. And to start off, we have a, a topic in which was given to us, and I'm going to read it for you guys. And it goes as the following. A student in the film department of a university had just completed a paper for her film theory class. She decided to celebrate by going out to a movie. How was it? Asked the classmate the next day. It was wonderful, she replied. I had no emotional response to it whatsoever. Oh, and you mean left it cold? It can't have been a very good film then. On the contrary, it did just what a successful film should do. It made me think about its meaning. It provided a completely intellectual experience. If I had let the film touch my emotions, I couldn't have understood it. I would have just been allowing the film to manipulate me. So let me ask you, Daniel, could the student have understood the film if it had engaged her emotions? What is the role of the emotions in the appreciation of art? So when, when anything gives you an emotional response, it elicits some form of bias, right? When, when something yeah. makes you happy, you immediately get this kind of good feeling about it, right? And whether or not, it's like, it's like eating a donut, for example, right? Is the donut good for you? No, but if you eat it, it gives you like this happy feeling and you get some sort of bias to it. It's a very bad example. It's a very bad uh, <laughs> comparison. But if you have some sort of bias towards different genres of films, then listen, then, then watching that film, you're immediately going to like think about it and rate it higher than something else. Something else which may just be like objectively better. I know I do that. I do that with, with shows and anime and then movies all the time. Right. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm sure we all have a sense of bias in which we portray when we watch new films. If they don't click with us in a certain way, it almost makes it as a quote unquote boring film or something of those sorts. But um, obviously, uh, people react to different things differently. And so with that said, it's almost as if we we all have an individual bias. Yeah, we all have an, our own individual biases, sure. However, could the student have understood the film if it engaged her emotions? Well, um, after, after, sorry, after a no, quick, you, <laughs> after a quick, I, I had to define film theory for myself before the beginning of this <laughs> podcast, but after looking up the definition of film theory, which basically was, uh, it basically means film theory is the idea that there's aspects of film that relate it towards uh, reality, towards a, a larger meaning, essentially, right? It's the educational and academic discipline of film. Um, yeah. And understanding film theory in that sense, I can understand how a student, how the student might not have been able to understand the film truly if they had let their emotions get the better of them, if they had felt some sort of way about the film. However, I, be I believe, I, I don't want to put opinions to, into this, but 
there's aspects of films that elicit an emotional response, right? And yeah, of course. These aspects of films that elicit an emotional response should essentially make the film better, right? Or, yeah, or worse, depending on the, the depending on what you like, right? And I think that is the whole aspect of film theory, almost as if if you are unable to come to realization why your emotions are the way they are and it affects you emotionally, then that film would technically be a good film, correct? I mean, the, the same way that if no emotions were provoked out of you, regardless of the film, whether happy, happy emotions, sad emotions, if, there, if the film was unable to bring some type of emotional response out of you, then it, it may register as not a good film to that person. Yeah, actually, I, I just thought of a good comparison to this with regards to an actual piece of artwork. Uh, so, you know the Guernica by Pablo Picasso? Yeah. Uh, the uh, the whole bombing of, what was it? Bombing of Madrid. Yeah, I think it was Madrid. Was it Madrid? I'm, or sorry, it was a bombing of Guernica. I'm, I'm, I'm very bad right now. But <laughs> the, the, the painting itself, the painting itself, right? Uh, when I first saw the painting a long time ago, I was very young when I first saw the painting, I actually had made fun of it. And I feel so bad about that, right? Because I didn't know what it was. I had no idea what it was. And my teacher, it wasn't just me. It was a bunch of students in my class. My teacher was so upset at me. Absolutely. She was livid, right? But she took a breath and, you know, in between almost yelling at us and realized that we didn't, we weren't, we weren't educated culturally in that way. So she had explained what the painting was about and we all felt terribly about it. But anyone, to anyone that kind of has an idea of the situation in which Guernica was, was drawn, was painted. Was portraying. Right, and, and what it was portraying, that would 100% elicit an emotional response from you, wouldn't it? Oh yes, of course. Pain, sadness, something, obviously something on like the negative spectrum, right? It, I mean, you might think it's beautiful, but why do you think it's beautiful? If you think Guernica, that painting is beautiful, then clearly there's something about beauty and art that isn't okay. just, it doesn't have to, just because an artwork, it doesn't portray like a positive emotion, happiness, uh, love or anything like that, it can still be beautiful. Okay, so let me ask you a question. What makes film portray beauty? In other words, is there a gold standard when it comes to portraying beauty in film? Uh, so I don't watch film too much nowadays, but from, at least from my understanding, uh, there are, there's good films and there's bad films. That's just subjective. I, I don't, you don't need me to tell you that. There's good films and there's, there's just bad ones. And the good films, in my opinion, uh, the good, the good films, like the exceptional ones, are films that do something different. They do something that is, in some way, shape, or form, combination, different from what any other film did before. So, a an almost rerouting of an original, putting something new and fresh into it. Novel, yeah, yeah. If you can watch a film and come out of it genuinely saying that you experienced something that you hadn't 
thought about or the film surprised you in some sort of way or it elicited an emotion that you weren't expecting it to elicit, then I think that that's a good film. If you can go into a film and essentially guess the entire plot from beginning to climax to end, just based off of the genre of the film, I don't think that film did anything good. It didn't do anything different. It just took the exact same sort of order, sort of like Hollywood pre-written and like trash and ran it through its, its, uh, its producer again and, that, and just I, put out something else, something mediocre, I think, right? I think you're 100% right. I mean, a lot of films, it, for example, if we take a, a love story, a sob story, they, they follow a tendency of a, a strict guideline. And it might vary a little bit from movie to movie, but the beginning is usually the same. The outcome is usually the same. And even though it's supposed to be a sob story or a happy story or whatever type of movie it's portraying, it's it's been used so many times that eventually it becomes watered down and right like it, it's you, slowly you, vanishes from what it was supposed to portray yeah you, you take like a, a a romance right guy meets girl or guy meets guy or girl meets girl whatever you want uh person meets person they love each other um they have some happy times something bad happens what I don't know, maybe, maybe one of them got cancer. Maybe one of them got some sort of like terminal illness, right? All of a sudden, uh, things start going downhill. Uh, person has to go through chemo. Their relationship gets under tension. And then one of two things happens. It either becomes a happy story where they beat the illness and then they live happily ever after, or the illness takes a person and then it's a sad story, right? But it's one of the two. And you kind of like- And you can almost always- Right, one of the two outcomes. You can you can take it from the story and take it from the genre. You can hear the the, the title of of the motion picture. You can hear the the, the genre from it. You can watch a single watch trailer, preview. watch yeah. a single trailer, and then you can guess everything up until the very end, right? And at the very end, you basically go can like take it down two routes, right? But the thing is, is that at that point, if you've guessed everything right, even up until the end, in my opinion, you've already you've won in terms of guessing the the motion film correctly but you've lost in that you've lost your money, right? Or you've lost your time because there's, yeah. there's, there's nothing new that it did. However, if it can somehow do something different, surprise you, surprise critics, right? Then it's what, right? It's done something. If it can elicit, if it can still a, elicit a an emotional, emotional response, response. If, yeah, if it can elicit an emotional response that you weren't expecting, then it still did something right. Honestly, even if it still follows the same kind of like cookie cutter guideline, if the lighting, uh, if the music, if the actors bring something out of you that you genuinely weren't expecting, it still might even win, right? Because yeah. it's it's kind of like it's kind of like styles of artwork, right? A lot of artwork follow the same style. You have like cubism, uh, pointillism, right? And you have all everything like that. At various times artists followed the same style of drawing, right? You had artists that wrote, that, that drew murals. You have artists that uh, solely did um, uh, portraits, right? And so on and so forth. But even though they were all following the same kind of style, what they drew wasn't the same, right? There was a different subject, different emotions that you were uh, getting out of it. 
Exactly. There was always a different spin that brought your attention to the 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 artwork at hand. Exactly. So like producer A and producer B can both take on uh, a romantic comedy or um, or an action film or sci-fi or what have you, right? And it can they can both follow sort of like cookie cutter guideline, but it's what they do with that guideline. And I know I'm sort of uh, going against what I had said before, but when I actually start thinking about it, it starts making sense in my head. No, no, no. Because no, no, no nothing's, tru- right. nothing's truly original. Nothing is truly original. Unless you're the first person to come up with something, like you're the first person to think of a new artwork, any, or the new like artwork, genre, style, so on and so forth. Everything that comes after that point is no longer original. But that doesn't mean that it can't be good. Because you can yeah. do something with that style, do something with that cookie cutter guideline that Hollywood gives you, and you can make it good. And if you can't, then you failed. And you know, th- this may be a little subjective, but as we go on, it, it leads us to a point where eventually, wouldn't there be a-, a time where we run out of these new original ideas? I mean, people continuously come up with these new ideas and they push the boundaries as far as they can. But is do you believe that there's a point where our imagination can stop elevating us to new limits that that really push our emotions and really gather our attention and make film what it is? All right. So my answer here is going to be completely and utterly hypothetical and in extremely inflated in a very bad way. But it's the only way that I can think of to answer this question. So in the history of humanity, essentially, in the history of like creative humanity, we've had cavemen draw, you know, their 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 murals, their artworks in their caves. We've gone from that to uh, artists drawing on pieces of parchment, on uh, what have you, all everything, right? Everything up until, and then we've had uh, people making shows in black and white, those uh, the silent films. And we've gone all the way up into where we are now, right? Where people yeah. can produce almost like creative works, you know, at large, right? I don't think that we'll... <laughs> this is a very, very, very theoretical question, but I don't think that we'll ever really reach the point that we can't think of a new original sort of idea, at least not original. Yeah, yeah not, to, at least at, not in our lifetimes. Not in our lifetime, right? But like, even let's say, let's say like, you know, three generations from now, four generations from now, five. Um, it's going to be original for those people because yeah. they did not experience the works of like past generations. You know what I mean? Or maybe and, like maybe some of them did right because we, we still even us right uh, who were we were born you know in late nineteen in uh, late like nineteen nineties early two thousands we still experienced some of the the, the creative works of the mid nineteen hundreds right various movies yeah. and shows and songs and artworks obviously and artworks can are essentially eternal but I don't think that we're ever gonna hit a wall. Because, and it's definitely not going to be me because I'm not creative enough. There's always going to be new creative minds that are born that push the boundaries of what is possible. And you see, I also believe, I mean, 
if we go back to the original artworks, the first ones ever created, caveman paintings on walls, as time has progressed, technology resources have become more available. Um, technology has, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Improved. And so as time continues to move on with improv with improvisation, improvisations? Improvisation. Yeah, of technology, we lead ourselves to new abilities in expressing our artistic abilities. And so what I mean by that is we could be coming to a point where eventually a film centers you in the movie and it's a 3D world and things like that. And there's always new ways that we can, us as humans can come up with new sorts of ideas. And as technology progresses, it leads us to this never ending cycle of endless possibilities. <laughs> I, I get that because like, so it's all relative, right? The future for us now is relative. It's going to be flying cars and um, you know 3D, uh, 3D modeling, and uh, instead of like playing games on 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 a like a computer 2D, it's going to be virtual reality. And that part's already coming true, right? But it's going to be completely virtual reality, sort of like a uh, if you want to play like an MMO of some sort, you're going to be like heading into like an actual world where you like you put on this 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 mask, right? And it just kind of like you know, sends you off, sends your, your head off. There, there's going to be so much, we as a society, technologically speaking, have so much room to grow. But with all of that room also comes creative room, right? And again, it, it comes back to like the idea that it's relative because what is the future for us now is the, going to be the present of the people a hundred years from now. And they're going to yeah. have a different future to talk about. And they're going to have a different past to refer back to. Right. But even if, here's the thing, even if we somehow stop coming up with new creative ideas, it all comes back to those cookie cutter templates. If you can take those cookie cutter templates and do something different, something novel, something special with them, then again, you've won as a producer, as a creative like artist, as a creative writer, artist, uh, producer, so on and so forth. As a okay. creator, period. You've done something new and, and you've done something essentially new and you've done something good. So, so with, I mean, you're a hundred percent right because I mean, as we're progressing to the future in our present, we can already see, I mean, we, we already have available to us 3D museums, which are museums in real life, but they use cameras and things of that sort to make you be able to walk around the museum while you're still sitting in your home. And I'm sure as we progress there, you're hundred percent right. There will always be these new innovative ideas, but I do have another question. What? With, with that in mind at our current state, do you believe, do you believe that film theory is slowly vanishing from modern day film? In other words, do you believe that um, film might be lacking some of the necessary requirements in order to bring out emotion? Again, my uh, obviously opinionated answer is going to be very, very 
bad, I think, on this. I don't watch enough film to, to honestly get a... <laughs> I don't watch enough films to honestly have a strong opinion and answer on this. But as far as I can tell, in this whole concept of... So if, if we define film theory as essentially the academic discipline of studying and analyzing the essential attributes to film, what makes film good, right? Like understanding film's relationship to other pieces of art, to reality, to the individual and society. Uh, I think film's doing fine right now. Um, I think the moment that film theory dies is the moment that film dies because there's always going to be that, that aspect, that sort of creative motivation for yeah. a producer to, to go out of their way to make film an artwork, right? To not just make film for money, but to make film to almost soothe that, soothe that like creative drive that they have. And that yeah. is like not even close to being an objective answer but it's the only answer I can think of. Yeah, and the truth is, I mean, and we, we, we have seen it in the past where it's like, if a producer tries to produce a movie or a film in order to, in order for the only gain to be monetary value instead of appreciation for the film and things like that, the film necessarily will not do well because if, if, the artist that the producer behind the film the one that is creating it is only doing it for the sole purpose of making money and is not putting their heart new creation something along those lines the film will more than likely not do as well because if it's not affect if it's not affecting the creator how can we expect it to affect the audience and if it doesn't affect the audience it'll it'll come off as a less strong film it'll portray as almost if the film was bad yeah, that, that, that completely makes sense. If You actually hit the nail on the head there. If a film or a piece of art in general, let's release this back to art at, at large. If a piece of art does not emotionally affect or, or make the, the creator, we're just going to use creator as a Harvard term for artist, producer, you know, the, the makers of these pieces of art, whatever these pieces of art might be. If their artwork that they're creating doesn't affect them emotionally, they can't expect it to affect the people that they're trying to, to I guess, quote unquote, sell it to, right? That the, the people that they want to show to it. When Pablo Picasso was drawing Guernica, I can only imagine the emotions that he was feeling while drawing it, right? And yeah. it's because of that, that that piece of art affects so many, is, is world renowned, right? Historically renowned. It's, it's super famous because of what he, the emotions that he instilled into it. And that kind of like ties us back to the original question that you had asked about what is the role of emotion in the appreciation of art? Um, that in appreciating art, sure you wanna have a subjective or an objective view on art, right? You want to know whether or not art is good or whether or not a piece of art is good for the piece of art that it is, right? Uh, objectively speaking, whether the brush strokes are, are you know, uh, are well done. The 
objective reasons for why a piece of art would be good. Yeah. But, but there is that subjective aspect. What are the emotions that a piece of art brings out of you? And if a piece of art, whatever the art may be, a film, uh, a painting, so on and so forth, if that art can't bring out some kind of emotional response in you, then is it really good? And I, I, and I don't that's... know. If it can make you think, if it can genuinely make you think intellectually, then I think it's still good to some degree. It's just good in a different way. It just might be good objectively. Yeah. But... And I think that's the whole question behind film theory in its, in its form. I think film theory is objective. Yeah. In, in its form, because it's, it's completely and utterly academical, right? It's learning for the sake of learning, right? But it's not learning for the, it's not like analyzing film for the love of film. It's analyzing film for film itself, if that makes sense. It's analyzing film for how for film, it's not, it's not for, analyzing film for emotion. It's analyzing film for how film relates to, to other aspects and like what film is, but it's not analyzing film because you love it, right? Yeah. Looking at it for, for, so with this, back to this, um, to this case study that we have, this this girl, I think she could have understood the film if it had engaged her emotions. In fact, I think she might have had an even deeper understanding if it had engaged her emotions. If the film made her cry, she could ask herself, why is this film making me cry? If the film made her happy, she can ask it, what aspects of the film are making me happy? And so on and so forth. But if she leaves the film cold, then, what emotional aspects are there for her to analyze? The film didn't give her something, the film only gave her like information to analyze. It didn't give her like an emotional response to re relate that information to, right? Yeah, she didn't She didn't have enough information vi viable to com combine both aspects in order to give a, meaning she, even though she could have understood intellectually what the film was saying without that emotional response, it doesn't necessarily wrap it together in a way that can make her fully understand what the film was trying to portray. Yeah. All right, so I guess that answers our question to um, what is film theory in our terms? Um, Daniel, I would really like to thank you for joining me today. Um, I really appreciate it. This concludes our Exploring Art podcast please subscribe to Exploring Art pa uh, Podcast on iTunes. Um, and thank you for listening to us. Please join us soon and remember to stay curious. I'm Justin Reshetsky. Thank you. See you later.